Welcome back to the Fuck Therapy Podcast. Today, I am with Aurora Lyon. Super excited. You've been on the podcast before. How have you been? I have been absolutely amazing. Thank you. What about yourself? Absolutely sensational. Now, in true transparency, Aurora and I have been trying to record this podcast for now four hours over two different sessions, and we get so deep into conversation. We are so aligned on so many things. We have so many things in common, and we've just decided we've got to hit the record button, so here we go. (laughs) 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 So as a little bit of an introduction, and to get people back up to speed, so some people are listening to the podcast for the very first time. They don't know who I'm talking to. There's a few ways we can do this. We can do this a traditional way because, you know, you're you're a whole host of things. First and foremost, you're just an incredible, resilient, courageous, inspirational, loving, compassionate, empathetic woman. And there is no question about that. And we are blessed to have you on this planet. In addition to that, you're a mother to some incredible children and you're a mama and you're a mama bear. And moving into that mama bear is you are an MMA superstar and and in line with that, you have your own gym and a passion around self-defence and a specialty or a special passion naturally to empower women, to motivate women, to inspire women, but to teach them also how to throw some bombs and protect themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, that's probably my biggest passion is teaching women. Yeah. And if that's not enough, if that's not enough, you're a bloody TikTok superstar. <laughs> that was accidental. That was accidental. That was never intended. Like I said, I told you before, I literally just got I got social media just to watch my children because they were getting to the age that they wanted it. Yeah. And yeah, I accidentally, I accidentally got. You the accidentally that. became famous. Yeah, it happened by accident. <laughs> 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 my kids uh, hate it and I'm like it's not my fault <laughs> no <laughs> no it's funny I sometimes meet my kids friends or friends of friends and then they find out and they go you're TikTok famous and I'm like yeah. I said I'm trust me there's no fame look there's no paparazzi following me <laughs> yeah oh that happened out, I'd walked out my front door and there was kids my daughter's age outside. And as I walked out, they were walking out from the shop. And yeah. they were like, I know you, you're, you're TikTok famous. You're on TikTok. And I was like, hi. And I smiled. And I got totally bashful about it. And these were kids. <laughs> and, I, and when I came back in, my daughter was raging. She was like, oh, my God, I know them. That is so cringe. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apologize. Beautiful. So I'm not sure if I've done that introduction. Just, I think we've just touched the surface of you. No, Um, I kind of bluffed a bit, so I think you did. (laughs) We could do it. We could do it like traditional fighter stance. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Introducing Fighting Out of the Blue Corner. (laughs) (laughs) That that would make me just giggle. I'd be like, what? (laughs) Either that or my adrenaline would start going and I'd start being like, what do you mean? What is it? Well, I mean, last time we did do this podcast, you threatened to punch me out. Oh, that's well, that's just true. But that's only because I was speechless and I didn't know how to react. But now I've got used to you making me speechless that yeah. I, I'm probably not going to issue any threats this time. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So, just in your own words, just 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 summarize your story. Your 
tell us a bit about you so we know we, we can just dig in a little bit deeper and then we, we're going to get into a few other other topics. Um, well, well, touching, well, as you know, like, I'm a, a mother, I'm a very protective mama bear. Um, I did come from a, a pretty sketchy past, so um, I've been through a lot of trauma, and because of that, I don't want other people to feel defenceless in a way that I once did. Yeah. And, you know, even, even though back then, you know, I had these skills back then, you know, I didn't use them. And it was a choice not to use them. Um, yeah. But I want I want to empower, especially especially I do I do work I do feel my passion is working with women, um yeah. to empower women and make them realise that a lot of women like we get scared and and it's real and it's a shame because even just something as in going a night out you know we want to get dressed up and feel good and wear makeup however that you know as we're getting ready the worry is there in the head that are we going to attract unwanted attention. Yeah, that's a horrible feeling, and I want women to be able to get ready to go on a night out, yeah, and not worry about if unwanted attention was attracted. Yeah, you know that you know I, I'm entitled and I have the right to go out and feel beautiful about myself without that's- worrying about being attacked or you know unwanted attention, and yeah. that to me is really really empowering. I'm running um, women's only classes just now, and something that is really beautiful is watching the transition yeah of when the women come in and you know when you're showing them things even their touch on you you can feel them kind of nervous and shaking yeah and you know by the third or fourth class you know they're grabbing you they've got that little bit and they're not shaking anymore or they apologize and now you'll probably know that's the apologetic thing yeah. when they accidentally you know you know do something something that you've told them to do to protect yes. themselves and they'll demonstrate on you and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and then that disappears. I'm like, don't apologize. You're defending yourself. Yeah. That's exactly what I told you to do. Yeah. And you see their confidence building. So they realize that, no, I don't have to apologize for defending myself. Yeah. And that plays into everything. That plays into even relationships. You know, when women are in relationships and, um, well, you do a lot of work with us. Um, yeah. And they, they're constantly apologizing for something their partner has done. Yeah, you know, and again, that works both sides. It's not just women; it's for men as well. But it, you know, it teaches the students, you know, to stop apologising for doing the right thing. Yeah, well, that is one thing we. It is one thing that we dug into, and that is that in our content in what we do, we recognise that you know both men and women suffer from Mm -hmm. the same things. So, in other words, both and men, women suffer from all different types of abuse. Whether it's emotional, intellectual, and all those sorts of things, and men cheat and women cheat, and we get that. Mm-hmm. We actually talked about the significant difference in some of those things. Obviously, you know the more physical type attributes between mm-hmm. men and women, because even though politically we're sort of pressured into playing this equality game, yeah. but the reality is, it is very, very different. Especially the physical side of it. Like you and I have spoke a lot about the physical differences. Now, even just between you and I, now, you know, both of us are trained martial artists, but physically extremely different. Yeah. I mean, you know, our size difference for one, bone structure, you know, the hormones that you've got through your body and mine are completely different. They will react in different ways. So absolutely women are a lot more susceptible. Yeah. Although it is across the board, women are more susceptible to these types of especially physical yeah. um, abuse. 
Yeah. One of the things that I became more aware of working in this space was I did a video talking about all men. Remember when the subject of all men came around? And I did a video effectively saying that it's not all men. There are Mm -hmm. great men out there. And at the time of the video, I kind of missed the point. Okay. Now, that video blew up and that video caused a lot of controversy. It brought feminists in. Mm-hmm. And I said things like my wife. And then, well, oh, so she's yours. She's your possession, is she? <laughs> you know, I had talked about us good men need to get together and knock out the conversation that goes behind closed doors in only men situations. And it's like, so you're calling yourself one of the good men. So you're, so it blew up in so many different dimensions. But one of the dimensions was, and I was corrected on it, was I didn't truly understand the all men space. And when I got educated about it, because that's one of the things when you work with women, I'm able to get feedback and I go, give you your perspective. And they go, all right, here here it is. It's 10 o'clock at night. You want to go for a walk by yourself? And I go, yeah. They go, what do you do? I go for a walk. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. We've got to be thinking to ourselves, it's dark out there. Mm -hmm. We may not be safe. And I'm like, yeah, I don't ever have to think that. And they said, okay, middle of the day, you're walking behind a lake, you're on a walking path and those sorts of things, but there's not a lot of people around. And you, and that they're talking about me, so you know I'm I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a martial artist, I've got tattoos, a skinhead. The person walking 100 metres toward me, the woman walking toward me doesn't know who I am. Yeah. Now, I'm walking towards her just having a lovely day, right? Mm -hmm. She's walking towards me going, am I safe? Yeah, and this this is the thing. I mean, see, in all honesty, even trained in martial arts. Now, there are very, very few things in this world that scare me. Very, very few. And yet, I do find myself in situations where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I need to get from here to there. Yep. And the quickest way from me to get from road A to road C is to cut through road B. But road B is also an unlit alley. And, you know, being you, you probably wouldn't, need to worry about that but even as a trained martial artist i've got to think okay right now i can take on maybe one two three four you know but what if there's more yeah and there's always like i mean you know me i always work with what ifs yeah 100 percent. and in my training you you always work with and the students always say but coach what if they do this but coach what if and we'll always work with what ifs yeah but that is always going through a woman's head is but what if yeah yeah i I think it's i think it's so powerful And it sort of leads into a particular type of conversation. And I want to dig into this conversation with you because the what ifs cause, from our perspective, we're looking at it going, we're always looking at Mm -hmm. other alternatives, right? And what what can happen and Mm -hmm. what's been given and what can be taken and all of those sorts of things. Now, part of the area of the physical, and, and before I go there, I do want to just lean into a trigger warning and say we're going to really respectfully and gently touch on sexual assault. So if you are in a space where you are uncomfortable with this, you know, we would recommend perhaps coming back at another time, perhaps maybe listening to it with someone else, or if you're feeling comfortable, recognize we're going to be as delicate as we can, but we are broaching that subject. So just please be mindful of that. And we will be mindful in this space. But what I'd love to talk to you about is I'm actually pushing to alter the definition of consent. Yeah. So what is discussed is that we we all talk about consent. And the reason that I'm I'm bringing this up is because in those situations, you chose to go for a walk and then something happens 
Every single woman that I've spoke to that has been in a situation where there's any variable where she can take accountability and responsibility for what happened to her, she does and takes blame and feels guilty and shameful. And it's horrific. And even if she didn't do it then, the questioning from the police or questioning from society, right, what were you wearing? Like that's got something to do with it, right, comes into it. But what it does instantly makes them feel at a time when they don't need this type of thought is that they may have done something and they will always grab it and take accountability. So I've been working on this on this, I'm actually pushing for a change of legislation and I'm looking at it going, I think you need two things in order to be able to put your hands on someone. Mm-hmm. Right? And the two things that I think you need is consent and permission. Absolutely. Now, I know they sound like the same thing, but they are two very, very different things. Consent comes from free will. It's yeah. the willingness to give permission. So, in other words, it can't be influenced, manipulated, coerced, bullied, harassed, can't be under the influence of, you know, alcohol or drugs or or, or stress or any of those things. Yeah. So, it's the willingness to give permission. Permission is almost like the verbal cues, right? The body language cues. We always encourage verbal cues, but we know it goes beyond that. But it's a type of thing. It, it's So, a lot of people say, I didn't say no. But you're also going to say yes. Yeah, 100%. And you didn't say no. Why didn't you say no? Well, because you were terrified, because you were freezing, because you felt guilted or bullied or manipulated or coerced. You felt like the, the, the you know, there was no escape. And as a consequence of that, you may not have verbalized something or you may not have verbalized it 10 times, or you may have even got pushed to the point where you didn't just say no, you actually said yes, but it wasn't a yes. But if you didn't give consent, then it's all thrown in. The- thrown in the bin. It doesn't matter. So it's the type of thing I look at it and go, regardless of of whether a yes was bullied out of you or manipulated out of you, whether it wasn't said at all, consent never happened. And therefore, the permission is null and void. And and the reason that I do this is for two reasons. A, it puts a lot more emphasis on free will. B, it frees people. It's the intent to free people that are holding guilt, holding blame, holding shame for this. Say, yeah, I did these things, but no, you're right. Did you want this to happen? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, I do. I do. I I really, I support that completely and utterly. Like you were saying, um, and that that you touched on something that this this is the reason why a lot of women can be assaulted and do not come forward. And it's because of, how they have to go about proving and the line of question is normally. And I've been in a situation where I was assaulted and I was asked afterwards, well, what were you reading? Mm. Now, Horrific. that all that did. Now, and I, what what happens when, when women, coming from a woman who's experienced this kind of assault, women, when we experience this kind of assault, regardless, it's not our fault. However, we still feel shame. Yeah. Um, because of the nature of the assault, we feel yes. ashamed. And afterwards, we are made to feel more ashamed with the line of questioning. Well, yeah. what were you wearing? Yeah. And then they make you feel ashamed for what you were wearing. Yeah. They make you feel ashamed for, you know, going out on a night out and yeah. just doing things that is okay for other people to do, yeah. but it's not okay for us. 
You know, yeah. being a woman, we should know better. Yeah. We should know that, you know, and I have spoke to women and I, I do speak to a lot of women who, through my social media, who have been assaulted in this way. And they'll say things like, in hindsight, I shouldn't have went out at night. Yeah. In hindsight, I really shouldn't have went out at 10 o'clock at night. Mm. Or when I walked the dog, I shouldn't have went through the park. And it's like, well, like, why not? Yeah. Why should you not have? Why are you not allowed to go out when it's dark? Yeah. Why are we curfewed? Yeah. Why are we still having to live as if we're in the 1920s? Yeah. That, you know, we, we should realistically, I mean, we can if we want to. Yeah. That's what we're told. You know, you can if you want to, but. Yeah. You know, and I always believe that the minute you put but after anything you say, what you said before it is now null and void. Yeah. You know, if somebody said to you, I love you, but. Oh, correct. Then what they've just said is null and void. Absolutely. You know, I respect your decision, but. Yep. What you're going to say is going to just undo yeah. everything that you just Yeah, said. the but effectively says, I'm going to grab that, throw it in the bin, and this is how it is. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's my way of excusing myself. Yeah. For being. For, for saying for offending yeah. you with what I'm going to say next. Yeah, and when I throw in the perspective of a father talking to his mm-hmm. daughters, right? Yeah. You go when I've said because I've caught myself in the say you're not going out looking like that. Yeah. Now, I've got two daughters. One daughter mm-hmm. dress would would go out and dress what I would consider very conservatively. Not that she's a conservative person. She's actually yeah. very outgoing and confident and loves the attention and all those sorts of things. Yeah. But her fashion was just, you know, covered, right? Yeah. My younger daughter is the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. If she could go out nude, she probably would. And she feels yeah. so comfortable in, in that. So she will wear all the clothes that w- w- will make me get terrified, right? Yeah. And I found myself in a position where I, I'm growing as a person, growing as a father, navigating my way through this, you know, where you're going, no, you go for it, girl. And so you should. Yeah. And then the yeah. other part of me going, but I know what men are thinking. Exactly. Exactly. And it's really <laughs> difficult because and you have those moments that you sit there and go, oh, my God, I've turned into my parent. And correct. all the things that I disliked about my parent, but then you see it from a parental point of view and I've done it as well and I've and and you know I've seen myself doing it and then beating myself up for it after where yeah. I said to well, myself, you're torn. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. you're torn between no you should be able to do whatever the hell you want yeah. however if you know I I used to use the analogy to my daughter and say if you're at a pedestrian crossing on a road mm-hmm. the law says traffic must stop, and the pedestrian, because it's a pedestrian crossing, has the right of way. Now, if a truck's coming along at 100 kilometres an hour, you have right of way, but that truck can't stop. So, yes, you still can walk across, but that's not going to stop the truck mowing you down. Exactly. So it's one of those things you go, you can be 100% in the right, and this is where it becomes completely unfair. Yeah. And I understand the unfair argument because you go at one hundred percent is, and this is where this is where it's about educating men to be much more aware of what we bring to the table and what threat we are. Yeah, because as a natural consequence, I'm always going to defend a woman. 
So she has nothing to fear, yet I completely understand she will fear me just in on site. Yeah. Just on site. So when I and, and I have to get steps in every day, so I'm walking every single day, you know, I'm all yeah. these sorts of things. I make sure if a woman's walking the other way, I either cross the road or more often than not, I will go right over my side of the footpath. And when I can give a friendly, hey, how are you going? And then look down or something like that to, to make her at ease, particularly in certain times, if it's on dusk or if it's getting dark or those sorts of things, purely to make her comfortable. Yeah. But that's also about dialogue with other men because other men, men, we all love humour. And we all, one of the things about humour is, is shock and awe, right, and saying things that are completely and utterly wrong. Yeah, right? absolutely. With, absolutely. No, with no malice, with no intent, right, and, 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 and if you can't laugh at those jokes, something's wrong with you. But the absolutely. reality is there's certain things where we, as men, we have to stand up and go, oi, yeah, and that that's not appropriate. Yeah. I yeah. get I get you, you're cracking a joke, but I get it. That doesn't mean that person doesn't get it and think that that it's appropriate. Well, see, you someone know else that goes, you just gave me permission. Yeah. And it's like, no, yeah. no, no, we didn't. Yeah. Now, see, I'm seeing two sides of the coin, though, because, like, when you, when you and I are sitting talking and you're saying that, you know, when you see a woman walking towards you, you're intentionally, you know, because of your physical appearance as well. Like we said, I mean, you're a big guy, you're a bodybuilder, you're a martial artist, you're covered in tattoos, you've got a skinhead, you know, and you and I talk a lot and I feel like I've yeah. been you a long, long time and I know you and yeah. I know that you're one of the people that I would feel safe around, Yeah, you know, and you're such a, a really caring guy, a really caring, loving, genuine person. I mean, that, and that's what I love about you. You're so genuine straight up the back. Appreciate you're you. raw. You're a raw person. You're just, you see it as it is. And you yeah. and I have conversations for hours and hours, and those hours fly by really quickly. And you are a deep person. You have depth. Yeah. And you have all of this behind you, right? And I know, you know, because of who you are and everything, that you go out your road to protect women and make them feel safe. Yeah. Like me, you're also covered in tattoos yeah. and things. And people find how people like us choose to look intimidating. Yep. And that's just the way the way the world is, unfortunately. People people do judge a book by its cover. However, I do see the flip side of the coin where I absolutely respect you and appreciate you because you do go out your road to make women feel safe. But at the same time, there's that part of me that's saying, you shouldn't have to do that. Mm. You're a good person and yet you feel that you have to because it's part of it. You, you don't have to. Yeah, but in order in your head, you, the way your thinking process is for me to feel this person feel safe. Yes, I need to, you know, I need to do something to go out the road. Yeah, and think, that, to me that that's unfair as well. To me, that's yeah. unfair as well. Yeah, the fact that you're having to change, basically change your path. Yeah, you know, and to make somebody else feel safe. Yeah. And I think there's a letter. Your gender and how you look, and it's that's not okay. Yeah, because you do subconsciously, and I know this. You know, I walk around without doubt, and if I if I dug into it, you'd go, yeah, I would say that the first impression someone would get with me without talking is they'd put me in a category, and it wouldn't be a good one. Oh, 
no, I absolutely agree. I have a best friend and my best friend and I, one of my best friends and I, now we've been friends ever since our kids were in nursery together. Yeah. But it took us a long time um, before we could, um, well, we, her and I clicked quite instantly. That's the wrong person. My yeah. other friend, we, we were uni together and we were uni a long time and eventually we clicked. Now, one of my friends, the one that I clicked with right away, she's the same as me. She's tattooed and everything else. The other one that I was friends with in uni, She's no tattoos or anything. And we were in class for about two years before we started talking. And when we started talking, we clicked instantly. Yeah. We just vibed completely. And, you know, we were sitting having coffee one day. And I was like, it's crazy that we knew each other two years. And and she was like, yeah, but straight up, I looked at you and thought you looked like an absolute bitch. (laughs) And that was our words. And I was like, excuse me? And she was like, yeah, I didn't want to talk to you. I thought you would like claw my eyes out or something. And I was like, but I can understand, but yes. at the same time, I will never, never, ever judge a book by its cover. No. You know, people have so much depth and, you know, people look like you and I for a reason. And yep. you think of it, right, just take take the bodybuilding side of things, the martial arts side of things. Yep. Now, you and I both know martial arts are all, all about discipline and respect. Yes. You know, for somebody to be where we are at our level in the MMA industry, then, you, you know, we have to have discipline and respect. Yeah, you know, so you yeah. need to take that and you need to look at the depth of things. And I do like like I say, reverting back, it just it kinda it also bugs me that, you know, women shouldn't feel like it's it's not okay that we do feel intimidated when we go out. But it's also not okay that the good men out there feel that they have to move themselves out of a situation. You know, and like I say, it's it's it, it isn't all men. It's not no. okay, but the men, the men who that it is, unfortunately, have, you know, painted the, the black in the name of all the other men. Yeah. And that's and, and And navigating this world as a woman, unfortunately, a woman has to have a first instinct of all men until proven otherwise. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and that's, you know, obviously we need that opportunity to be able to prove it, but, you know, until proven otherwise. And so now... now it sort of leads into another discussion, which is really interesting and will make you probably dry reeks at the same time, and that's relationships. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, let's do this. Let's go for it. <laughs> um, now, hang on. I need to get comfy now. Just I'm preparing myself for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got my hands up. Don't worry. <laughs> but it is one of those things where i look at it and i go people get into relationship and i think one of the biggest issue with relationship is that fundamentally i think there's a belief system that everyone subscribes to that is fundamentally wrong that sort of is the basis of most relationships it's a belief system that makes absolute sense and when i say it you'll go yeah that's logical it makes sense it's just fundamentally wrong right and that is that in order to be loved to be in that relationship, to have that connection, there's a checklist that you've got to fill, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are loving, compassionate, empathetic, caring, right, sexy, can bring some money into the house or look after the kids or whatever it might be, checklist, I do all these things, I will be loved, right? And and it's a fundamental thing where you go, yeah, it makes sense. If I do all these things, if I am all these things, then I will be loved. But the reality is you have a look at it and you go, you've always been empathetic, caring, compassionate, resilient, courageous, beautiful, right? You've brought all those things to the table. 
And when, when you bring all those things to the table, how do you process when you bring all those things to the table and it appears as if it's not enough that the relationship breaks down? Hey, mate, you're doing it again. You're doing this. I like, I'm sitting here now. You're doing it again. <laughs> Hands are up. Hands are up. <laughs> circle lift, circle lift, circle lift. <laughs> I honestly, you boggle me. You absolutely. I have so many epiphany moments just when the two of us, and it's not even my epiphany, it's your epiphany that kind of lights up a little. Like, see that? Ta da. Well, I, I dig into this because I look at it and I think one of the biggest issues is we're groomed and we don't understand grooming for what it is. So grooming as in we're raised, we're prepared, we're, when, you, when, when you're, you know, from zero to six, you know, seven to 13, 14 to 12, we're going through different major phases of our life and we're different things are appropriate at different times and we're learning different things. And the reality is there, are, there is no education out there that breaks it down at this level. So you kind of do life and go to school that basically teaches you three parts of fuck all. And you go, That's right? Because even if you get educated, you then go into right? the workplace and you where you go, we're never really taught is. the fundamentals. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We learn off observation, right? And we try and navigate it ourselves. And then depending on how we were raised and what our experiences were then, kind of starts playing out in our adult life. Now, even mm-hmm. if we have the intent to say I'm going to do the opposite to what I experienced or I'm going to mirror it, more often than not, it doesn't work. And it makes sense that we walk away from that, particularly if you've been raised in, in uh, an unhealthy environment, and that could mean a whole host of things. And it can also include being raised with parents, with best intention. Mm -hmm. It's actually interesting when you do the study and you look at it and you go, the correlation between the outcome of, let's say, a, a, a woman that has been raised in a home from abusive parents to one raising in a home with loving parents but with a controlling parent is very, very similar. Mm-hmm. The abuse component is different, but the way in which they get into a relationship is very similar. Yeah. Because the reality is that's grooming, right? Well, and it's normalising a behaviour, isn't it? Correct. That's what it is. Correct. Because when you're with a controlling parent or an abusive parent, effectively there's a few things that happened. You know, it's their way. It's, it's, it's their way. And you get either bullied or encouraged into submitting your will to theirs which doesn't work in relationship, right? And it says, and it actually teaches you that I need to do these things to make that person happy, even if it doesn't make me happy. Mm -hmm. Hence why we walk away with a belief system that says, I need to be all these things and do all these things in order to be loved. Yeah, that absolutely makes perfect sense. I I mean, it's like it's true. I mean, um, like normalising. For example, normalising being around somebody growing up who is extremely controlling or violent and abusive is just normalising that behaviour. So then you start picking up and learning that, okay, if I just do what they say. Absolutely. If I just do this. And it's you always reflect on your behaviours then. And yeah. that, that does happen enough a lot. That, that, you know, kids grow up thinking, oh, well, if I just be quiet, 
you know, or if I just keep my room to, if I just do this, if I just do that, then yeah. it's constant. If I just do, then maybe they won't. And as it's normalizing, it's normalizing bad behavior, yeah. which then makes somebody else act in a certain kind of way. And nine times out of 10, it's becoming a yes man. Yeah, absolutely. Being, being more susceptible to abuse because you just accept it for what it is. Yeah, 100%. And I, I'm, I am the opposite. I, I am a hard person to be in a relationship with. I do not, like, if I feel as if I'm being disrespected, I am like a dog with a bone. You know, and a woman's intuition is always on point. It's terrible, you know. And, you know, if I feel as if, no, I have questions, like your behavior, like, why did you act that way? I have a question, you know, like, if you're going to avoid it, then to me, that's why, you know, to me, I'm a very open person. If you ask yeah. me a question, I'm going to give you the straight and honest answer. Yeah. And like I told you before, my favorite quality about myself, if anybody asks me, and it's took me a long time to get here, is I absolutely recognize my flaws. Yeah. Now, nobody's perfect. We all act in some way, at some point, shape or time, you know, we can act toxic. We can, we can you know, behave in a certain type of way that we wouldn't approve of other people acting. Mm. And like I told you before, and I, like I, I told my students, you know, write a diary, but don't omit anything. Yeah. You know, and people say, I don't lie in my diary. And you're like, okay, but how much do you leave out of your diary? Because yeah, you yeah, yeah. And my favorite trait about myself is I will own my toxic behavior. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not that I don't approve of it, but I am very self-aware and I will be aware of it and I'll say, right, okay, come on, that wasn't okay. Yeah. But I, and I've just said, so I've just said something that was absolutely wrong. I've just said I'm a hard person to be with in a relationship. <laughs> I've just written it down. Yeah, I'm only a hard person to be with in a relationship if you're disrespecting me or doing something wrong. Now, well, you see, and this this comes from, you know, your past that forms a belief system. Yeah. Right, because there's a few things you said, like no one's perfect, right? And in the spirit in which it was said, hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Except you are perfect. You are perfectly you. You need to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like not having words. <laughs> <laughs> you are perfectly you because. And, and and let's feed into that that first narrative that you corrected yourself by saying that you're hard to live with, and it's a belief system that you go, I'm hard to live with, and you go, hang on a minute, and and you took that back and you went for the wrong person, absolutely, for the right person, you coming forward in your truth is exactly what's required and makes being in relationship with you so much easier yeah because you're not going to leave me guessing yeah well it, and it's it's like for example right now if you know you're in a loving caring trusting relationship then you know and i i and i will i will i'm a fun person i like having a laugh i like yeah. having fun you know i'm always very energetic and like to do fun things um and i'm normally very very laid back Right, but say for example, you find yourself that you're in a relationship where you've been cheated on, okay, and that trust is then broken. Then you could be like me and be a very, very laid back person, and then turn into, why did you not answer your phone? Hmm. You start questioning everything yeah. because your trust has been broken and you've been lied to, 
and it's very very hard trust is something that's very very hard to get back so everything because so much of what you had was a lie before you're now questioning everything and a lot of people will say you know they'll sit there and go oh you know i've i've you know i've become quite toxic i'm like no you've not You're, you're trying to heal but you, yeah. you, you're questioning things because your trust was broke and to the right person the right person if that did happen and I'm not saying you know to be honest with you the right person's not going to cheat on you in the first place no however if it was somebody who genuinely made a mistake and they're trying to repair things and everything else then they would overshare in my opinion this is just my opinion then they need to reconcile what they've done they need to show them they can be trusted. Hundred percent. They got on their sword. So you know, you know, hiding your phone, and you know all of those like sneaking about kind of things, and that's that's not going to do anything. But oversharing, being like, oh yeah, could you answer that phone for me? Mm. Or you know, like like showing them, you know, I've got nothing to hide. Yeah. You know, because then you know you start feeling as if you're becoming a toxic person because you don't want that person to go out with their friends now. Yeah, because you're worried they're going to do it again. Yeah, you know, or you know, you're you're sitting in, if they're on their phone in your head, you're like, is he texting somebody else? Mm. And then you start thinking, you start blaming yourself and thinking, I'm toxic, I'm yeah. becoming toxic. No, you're just now at a point where you've been hurt and you've been broken. You've realised that I can't be hurt this way, and you now are you're you're dealing with that. And you have a look, and you go when you start pulling these things apart, we know there's reactional abuse, right? Yeah. So effectively, we're kind of stepping into that. However, to drive a relationship forward, effectively what we're seeing there are red flags, mm-hmm. right? And we're choosing to ignore them, right? And we're wording it differently. So we look at and you go, what are the deal breakers of a relationship with me? Trust. Yeah. It's a deal breaker. So when the trust is broken, we're breaking our own rules to try and push forward, and now we don't trust ourselves. Yeah. So we're now falling into the same basket, and we don't like that. It doesn't sit with us. So the real reality is, if if trust is paramount, and I understand, you know, where there's cheating and cheating, right? And and I get that difference. And and let's just assume, you know, it's in a time of distance, and there's a whole lot of variables. And it was a once of, and they came forward. I've done this. I can't believe it. And they're in absolute remorse and denial. You're going, can we work through this? There is a possibility. Now, I would think, I would, here's two things. I would like to think after 27 years with my wife, I could navigate that. The reality is I couldn't. Trust would never be brought back. And I'm much better to set us both free at that moment. But the reality is because. this is getting back to what I was saying before, because we're fundamentally, I'll be loved if I do all these things, we've got that belief system, we're not actually making the right decision. Because if we make the, if we alter that belief system and change it and say, I will be loved when I love myself first, yeah, then all of a sudden, I love myself first, trust is paramount, it's been broken, it's over, I now have to make a decision that I don't want to make that's going to put me into uncomfortable waters but is actually the ground I need to cover to live my best life. 
but we yeah. put it off, we avoid it. Then what we do is we go, because we're not doing the thing we, we know we need to do, mm-hmm. then we're behaving differently. So when the phone rings or if they go out, effectively all that is saying, that's intuition saying uh, you don't trust that person. Mm-hmm. To be in a relationship with you, you need to trust them. You don't, end it. And you're going, uh-uh. And then toxicity does come forward because you're kind of going, fuck you, like fuck you. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, I was cheated on before. Yeah. And um, it did. It changed who I was as a person. Yeah. You know, I was absolutely in love with that person and I wanted to work through it. And I was completely broken, totally and utterly broken because I never ever thought, you know, you never ever thought, but it's always the same. They wouldn't do that to me. They yeah. wouldn't do that to me. Were you and broken or then, set free? Which one? Oh, I don't know. Because this would then tap into a lot of my past. Because, yeah. I mean, realistically, my trauma came from people who I did trust mm. or I should have trusted, sorry. Yeah. And people who I should have loved and should have loved me back. All of my mm. trauma. There was none of my trauma came from a random stranger. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's, I, sorry, some of it did, but most of it, sorry, a large majority. Of yeah. It. So I look at you today because we live in the present. You're here right now, yeah. right? And you're a woman of such deep empathy and compassion. We've yeah. shared so many stories. You shared a story, you know, where you were coming out of your gym, it was raining, and you saw a woman laying down Absolutely. at night, 11 o'clock at night, whatever it was, laying down, right, in the rain, rain, appearing to be homeless, and cars driving past as if she was not human. So many people walk, and they would avoid, like, they would actually turn their head the other way to avoid the gaze because it made them uncomfortable. Yeah. And And and, all she needed was a phone call. and, and, And your humanity, your compassion, your empathy, your lived experience kicked in and you and and you made such an impact on her potentially yeah. saved her we don't know what the right and you create that's who you are today that's the type of woman when no one else stops you do mm-hmm. like what a it human being where did that come from right you look at it and you oh. go I've come from her pain, sufferance. I've been that woman that that is hiding her head with bruises and and and, and mm-hmm. feeling that pain and feeling that hopelessness and that loneliness. And it's making you this, it's made you this incredible human being. And you look at it, you go, did it break you? No, no, it it we feel broken. We feel as if our heart's broken and we are yeah. definitely hurting we're, 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 we're feeling grief but the real i always say to people let's reframe that right let's reframe the broken word to where it needs to go you go no it was part of my evolution process that makes me the human i am today and i love the human i am today right yeah. I, I would i be as sensitive would i be as loving right you talk about being mm-hmm. hard you know to live with when that when you realize in reflection you go no i'm just truthful you know all of this comes from all of these things to go it's why you're so incredible today right so it's not that it breaks you it grows you if i come no, into I- your gym as a student and you destroy mm-hmm. me how do i walk out 
I walk out better. I walk out sharper. I walk out faster. I walk out with more. I walk out. Yeah. You're going to sharpen me and sharpen me. But I, I, I've got to, I've got to get smashed in order yeah. to do that. Right. And you go. Oh, and, this and, is, I mean, I, I will always say to my students, there is no such thing as losing. You live or you, you, you win or you learn. Live or you learn. We had that discussion earlier. I yeah. mean, if you ask me how I've won any of my fights, I can't remember. But yeah. if you ask me how I lost a fight, I will remember how I lost it. And I'll leave and I'll be like, how did I get caught in that? But yeah. I need to go and train that. And then you go and you train it so you don't get caught in it again. Yeah. Yeah, you, you won the fight. I can, it, it, I've actually thought about that answer. You go, do you know how I won that fight? It's by learning from that loss. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly <laughs> right? You win or you learn every single time. It's like we're just constantly being sharpened. And mm-hmm. once we realize that you go, it's not being broken, right? It's the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the feeling. But typically, yeah. it's life saying, I've got to put you somewhere else. Absolutely. Right? And we know when we look in reflection with years and maturity and experience that your intuition spoke up so early and you ignored your intuition and stayed in relationships you shouldn't have. And as a consequence, this happened. And, yeah. you, and you look at it and you go, one thing I do know is I'll, I'll never not listen to my intuition again. I don't have well, to that, understand that, it. That, that is something. Now, like, go back to what you were saying earlier. We were talking about the situation, like, for example, the cheating situation, and you said something that changed who you were. Yeah. Now, you were absolutely right, and I have learned now to completely listen to my intuition because of what had happened back then. But you were right. It did change who I was and how I acted in that situation. Now, any past relationships I've ever been in, if you ever spoke to any of them, they would say I was so laid back. Yeah. You know, I'm going out. I'm going out with the guys. I'm going out with the girls. I want to go have fun. I'll see you when you get back home. Don't worry about it. Never bothered about anything. Yeah. But in that situation, after being cheated on, it did change who I was. Yeah. With that person, didn't change who I was with other people. Yeah. Changed who I was with that person. Correct. That I was like, I don't want you to go out. Can you know, yeah. just stay with me tonight? I don't want you to. Why, why are you on your phone all the time? It changed who I was. I'm not that person. I am extremely yeah. laid back. Never before did I ever get jealous. Yeah. But then I was becoming jealous with that person. Yeah. And it did. It, it did. It brought out a really, really nasty side of me. Yeah. But now, yes, you're true. You're right. I did learn, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ignore that again because in that particular situation, I knew something was happening deep down and I'd known for a while, but when I brought the subject up, I was gaslit into yeah. you're a cycle. You're crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And here's and, something beautiful. You put the right man in front of you. Mm-hmm. And all of the things that that we assume, like jealousy and all that, it all disappears because it's it's his responsibility to make you feel safe. Yeah. Right. His actions, his behavior, his attention toward you, his openness, his truthfulness, his vulnerability, all of those things, all of a sudden it's like I I, I don't actually have anything right to worry about. Yeah. Because it's the action. It's not that you have to be you you have to ah uh, the right man's gonna come through and he's gonna hold so much strength and power um and love and openness and compassion that you will feel I, I often when I'm working with men talk to them and I go, if your wife has these issues or if your girlfriend has these issues, what are you doing wrong? And it's like it's not my job to fix her. I said, Well, she's not broken. So I agree with you. It's not your job to fix her. And if she yeah. were broken, she needs to do that work. You can't. Mm-hmm. You got to do your job first, pal. I've never yet met a woman that is unnecessarily jealous 
that doesn't have some sort of, you know, something to work through. But I'm just talking, you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you do the right thing, when you make her feel so abundantly loved, you know, which means it's consistency. Women will will tell us on videos, be consistent, be consistent, be consistent, men don't pick it up. It's kind of like, yeah. I told you you were hot. It's like, yeah, you did tell me you were hot, you know, and stared at that girl at the cafe. Yeah. Oh, that's so this is a big thing that I believe in, right? Yeah. Yeah, like actions speak louder than words. Like I hear what you're saying, but I'm also seeing how you're acting. Correct. You know, and to me that because you've learned that words don't mean shit. Absolutely. Now a lot of my friends will tell you. A lot of my friends will tell you. I always video call. Yeah. Always video call. Yeah. I do not like talking on the telephone. I don't like text text message. I hate texting. Yep. Right. You can't hear somebody's tone of voice. No. When they're texting and. Like I say, when you grow up from a sketchy past, right, you, you learn the, to, to watch people. You learn to watch micro movements. You, you people watch because you had to, to know if you were okay. If you were safe, yeah. you were not okay. And I feel that I need to be able to see somebody when I'm having a conversation with them. Because I I like to properly hear what somebody's saying to me. And I'm not just talking about what's coming out their mouth, but what their body's showing me. 100%. Martial artist, you always look eye. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's a martial arts thing as well. You always, you're watching. 100%. Yeah, I could be on the phone to you and it could be a normal phone call and you could tell me something. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds absolutely great. But my face would be like, yeah, that sounds absolutely great. There's no smile in my eyes here. I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. You know, and, but if I yeah. was talking to you face to face, you would be able to see that and be like, look, if you don't want to do it. I had this conversation know. with a woman, a young woman the other day, and they're in a a good relationship, right? It's a healthy relationship, but it's a young relationship. And there are some unhealthy behaviours. I was talking to her about she doesn't want to do something, right? And they're talking about taking the relationship to the next level and moving in together. And, And A, it's too early. B, there's some other things going on. And and see, part of his desire to do it is out of reaction. And she's saying, not yet, right? I don't feel now is the time that we should be doing that. I'm not in yeah. a position to do it, and I don't think it's right. And he's turning around saying, well, th- my situation is this. I'm older than you, and I think I should do this. And it's like, and I said to her, and, and he's 100% right. He has e- absolutely every right to go and do that. And one of the things he said is, well, you can stay here and I'll I'll go out. And when you're ready, you can come across. I've gone. And that's another thing. He can tell you that as well. I said, but what are you really hearing? Right. You've got to look at the message. I said, you see, you're giving him everything that he needs and he's not listening to you. He's not validating your app. You want to do these things, but you want to do it together. So doing it by himself and then you coming later on, that's not you two growing and doing it together and having that experience together. That is him serving his needs, wants, and desires. And even though, you know, he does all these right things, there's an area here where you now need to come forward in your truth. You need to speak your truth and address this. And it's like, well, how do I do that without causing a fight? And I've gone, okay, let's look at that. Because that's the red flag. The red flag says, why are you in a position where you feel speaking your truth would cause a fight? Well, this is true. As, I mean, to be right, I'm going to be open and honest with you here. Like, I've been in a lot of situations that I felt that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I am stubborn. I am stubborn to the core. And 
but this is this is the, the so the, there's no winning in that situation. You need to program your head to think differently because I am somebody who's been in that situation that something's annoyed me, hurt me, upset me, or made me feel like mm, that's not right. That's yeah. a bit sus, or that's a bit you know. And you want to question it, or you want to speak and say that wasn't okay, yeah. you know. And then you've thought, oh, I can't say anything because if I say something, it's going to start a fight. Yeah. Right. And then my stubbornness, because you know me, I'm stubborn, I'm, and I will always speak my truth. Yeah. And even though knowing it's going to start a fight, I, I need to. Yeah. You know, I need I need to write this for myself. I need to yeah. be in a good place in my head. I need to write this. So I'll ask the question. Okay. Then a fight breaks out. Yeah. And then why are you starting a fight? That's you started the fight. Why are you starting yeah. a fight? That's what you get told. Why are you starting a fight? Why? So, like, well, sorry, but let's hold that there, right? Uh-huh. And let's just work through that first component before we go to the next section. Yeah. You have a look at it right there and you go, if speaking your truth, you go, you now got your answer. There is nothing yeah. more to be said. You've already got your answer. And yeah. your answer is, I don't care what you've got to say. I'm not listening. My desires are above yours. Mm-hmm. Anything we now do is you trying to negotiate between my desire and what makes you feel comfortable. So I have to now take you out of a place to feel as safe, unsafely as we can possibly get. Yeah. So it's a type of situation where I look at it and go, you're stubborn, right? And I go, I don't... I." In our discussions, that has never, ever come across. I've never seen that side of you, right? I see a woman that's self-disciplined, that's focused, that is um, diligent, that speaks her truth, that will drive forward. But to me, whenever we talk, you are very, very open. You are literally listening to grow, to understand. You're you're not actually holding anything rigid. So if we were in a situation and... I presented something to you and I presented it in a way where you feel safe, supported, accomplished and valued. Yeah. How much resistance would I get? None. 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 Absolutely. Because the reality is so long as I make you feel safe, supported, accomplished and valued, you're going to have my back to death. Absolutely. Yep. So – that's what we're looking for. And then we start learning that language to go, okay, you're not making me feel one of these four things. And in order for us to drive forward, and you will never feel those things if effectively through whatever pretty word I use and your intuition knows it, (laughs) if I tell you to shut your mouth and do as you're told, it's not going to go down well. Absolutely not. Oh, my God, no. Right? And I can can say that in, in as... Gaslighty as beautiful as way as possible, but you're gonna yeah. hear you're gonna in, intuitively you're gonna go, yeah, you, you just said these like, oh no, you're beautiful, I love you. No, you, you're just being silly, da 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 da. You're going, fuck off. You just told me to shut my mouth and do as I'm told, and I don't Absolutely. feel good about that. Yeah. I now know you don't listen to me. I don't feel safe. How how is a woman gonna feel safe when a man says, I will use leverage against you? Oh, absolutely. And that's what's happening. And although you may not place it in that way, intuitively, you guys don't feel safe. So then you don't trust, which is the right response. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So then how would you rephrase that then? If I was to describe that situation again and you take away the word stubborn, 
and give me the right word to use, what would the right word be? I would say that you're you're seeking clarity, you're fighting with intuition, and you're not leading with your own integrity. This is where I got my hands up again, right? In other yeah. words, you're on because <laughs> you're a woman of high integrity, but not for you. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're correct. I'm not going to You're not defending you. So it's like yeah. I'm being stubborn. In other words, you're going, I'm at a point where I'm grappling right now with my intuition mm-hmm. because what you're proposing and how we are communicating this message it is completely disrespectful and it's fucked up. Yeah. Right? You're screaming at saying, listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, I might come to you and go, blah, 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 blah. And in all my excitement and passion, I may not have explained it really well. And that and that may make you feel rushed. It may, I may not have been clear. And you might, and what you're actually doing is going, I'm seeking clarity. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just, I don't want to move forward until I have clarity. And at the moment, I don't have clarity. I'm not moving forward because I don't feel safe. I'm not moving forward because I don't feel supported. You're going, you're not, you're not stubborn at all, but you're no one's fool. Yeah. You've oh, done absolutely. the submission. Yeah. You, you know, it's almost like you're going, I'm not a submissive. I'm absolutely not. Like, no. I'm not, a, I'm, not. I'm not a foolish submissive. It's like I will submit to a leader, right? And what is a leader? Yeah. A man that serves me. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You're just that. You're absolutely spot on, 100%. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I, and reverting back, I have been in that situation that you're saying, and a lot of women find it, and it's a shame a lot of women find themselves in that they are seeking clarity and they need that. Yeah. They need that clarity. And I will, and you know, you've known me long enough now, I'll yeah. be truthful. And even if it paints me in a bad light, I'll speak my truth. 100%. And And that's beautiful because you're looking for – this is what speaking truth does. Speaking truth flushes out truth. We're not looking for words. We're looking for actions. So you turn around, Jamie, and go, I disagree. You turn around and say, Jamie, that hurt. You turn around and say, Jamie, I'm not sure. You turn around and say, I fundamentally disagree, right? Yeah. At this point, you don't give two shits about anything, but you're very interested in how I respond. Yeah. And now you're navigating how I respond. And what I say is focus on how I respond, not what I say. Absolutely. Because that's what we want to, because as soon, I go, I'm not buying into gaslighting. So when you deflect or when you project or when you gaslight or when you, whatever you do, you go, I'm not buying into that narrative. I was very clear and I'm seeking clarity right now. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So this is exactly it. And like there are going to be a lot of women who listen to this podcast that turn around and they've been in this situation mm. where they've been seeking clarity and then they've, you know, knowing for a fact that because they're seeking clarity, they're going to react, you know, in a defensive manner, which is going to be argumentative. And they're going to be told you started an argument and then they're going to walk away thinking to themselves, I was being toxic there because I, I did it. Yeah. I, I was being toxic there. I started that argument. Yeah. You know, I was. I wouldn't let it go. I wouldn't let it go. That was my fault. I wouldn't let it go. Well, no, yeah. because you weren't so, being so, so in that situation, where is where, where are you going wrong, right? You're going wrong because you're listening to the words versus going, mm-hmm. I just got my answer. Yeah. Exactly. Because now we're fighting. It's the type of thing where 
you know, and I think martial arts is really good for this particular description. You know, we can be in certain jujitsu positions and I'm in your guard. Yeah. And I grab your inside lapel. Okay. You're going, uh, there's no threat there. Right. In fact, yeah, I'm giving yeah. you what you want. Yeah, I'm just going to say, right? you just give me it <laughs> But if you get distracted by that and try and now rip that grip off for some reason, you're fighting the wrong fight versus going, sure, you want that? I'll just push your elbow across a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> triangle. Right? Exactly. You know, so for those not in martial arts, effectively, I'm saying you don't fight the useless fight. The useless fight is the words, the gaslighting, the projection, the manipulation, the coercion that's coming back at you. Look at what really happened. What they, what is really happening is they didn't hear, they didn't listen, and they're now attacking you. As soon as you get, you're causing a fight. If me asking a question is causing a fight, how do we communicate? Because I'm questioning it. Now, you should be able to be free. So safe, supported, accomplished, valued, free. It's the next one. Then it's evolved and aligned to purpose. There's the seven. But free, you should be free at any point in time to seek clarity. Why would I ever get upset if the person I love is going, Jamie, I'm seeking clarity right now? Why would that bother me if I cared what you think? And if you're being honest and open. I look at it and go, it's the type of thing. One of the things I say in a lot of my, if we get to a heated situation, one of the things that I've learned to say in those heated situations is because in a heated situation, I can get passionate, I can get loud, I can get deep, I can get that whole thing can be quite intimidating, right? Man or child, doesn't matter who it is, right? And even though I might be sitting in a body posture that's comfortable and all those sorts of things, when I get dominant, right, all of a sudden people are like, oh, yeah. right, I will say, no, hold your ground. Keep keep pushing because I'm just not understanding and, and, and I want to understand. Keep going. Keep yeah. going with it. Don't, I don't want an apology. There's no, keep going. Keep going until I understand. And once mm-hmm. I understand them, because it gives them the power to go, oh, beautiful. Okay. No, he genuinely wants to know. Yeah. You know, I might be getting frustrated, but I'm getting frustrated because I don't. I'm, I'm trying to speak language of woman, and I'm yeah. and I'm not. I'm not interpreting it right. Now, yeah. why? Well, maybe my ego's at play at the time. Maybe yeah. my emotions too high. Maybe I'm not being vulnerable, right? Maybe yeah. I'm just being arrogant, right? And all these things are going to filter the way in which I'm going to hear information. And then sometimes it could be that you just reword it one time. And go, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. Well, that's, and I think that, I mean, that works through the scale sometimes. I mean, that works all over the board sometimes. I mean, you'll know as well with instructing. Um, if you do any instructing, you'll know as well that sometimes you just need to reword something Yeah. just a little bit differently for somebody to get it. We don't all think in the same manner. No. You know, some, some of us are very visual thinkers. Some of us are more audio. And, you know, sometimes you just need to do things a different way for somebody else to understand it. Yeah. What you do, one thing, and it's, it's very true, especially when it comes to teaching, etc., is, you know, I can show you something and you can pick it up right away. But, yep. you know, the person that you're training with has no clue. They're like, I yeah. know, I'm not getting this. I'm not getting this. Yep. So then you just break it down a little bit and then you, you reword it in a different way and say, Instead of saying, right, put your leg over the head that way, just say, like, think of swinging your leg over and putting it beside your hand. 
Yes. And you can use a different body part. Instead of saying swing the leg over the head, say move your leg and put your foot beside the hand. Yeah, 100%. And then you get it. And it is, it is true. Sometimes it is just about explaining things a different way. But clarity is really, really important. It's so yeah. key. It, 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 and it's, 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 and I say to people all the time, the red flag is how they respond, not what they said. You buy into what they said, which is politics, right? And they're going to take you down a path that has no relevance. They're going to project. They're going to gas. Oh, you're now causing a fight. No, no, I'm not causing a fight at all. If you're finding this to be something that's causing a fight, like let's thrash out what we're talking about, but you're avoiding that. So what we act on and you go, if ever I'm going to turn a relationship around, I say 90% of the problem is men, right? And they go, that's unfair. They go, you know, women do blah, 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 blah. And I go, I I understand all of that. Please don't think I'm a fool, right? I've been in abusive relationships where I've been abused by women, right? So I get it. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is I promise you, if you put the effort into the first, if, if when you meet a woman, you're authentic, yeah, give her a chance to fall in love with the real you. Yeah. So introduce her to the real you instead of bullshitting her of someone that you can't maintain because she might fall in love with that. And when you can't maintain it, you're going to say she's a nag or she's causing fights. It's like, no, you sold her the wrong man. Yeah. Right. Then I fell in love with the man you were pretending to be. Correct. Then recognize that the honeymoon period needs to be when you put the least effort in. You see, when I take you out for the first time, I owe you nothing. Well, this is true. Three months later, I, I would like to think I owe you more. Twelve months later, I like to think I owe you more and more and more. I like to think I know you more. So it's like, dude, what you did to get her in the bed, right? What why why are you not doing that now? Yeah. Oh, well, it's been 12 months. It's like you sold her the bloke that she fell in love with, and now you're not being that man. They, now, Jamie, this is this is why I'm in. Now, you and I talk a lot about relationships, and you know I'm very cagey about getting into relationships, and this is why. Now, for example, guys like to ask you a lot of questions at the very start, right? Now, say you're like, oh, you know, they, they will sell you exactly what, what you're they're, they're asking you for the cheat code. Yep. They're getting the cheat code. And women do it as well. Yep. It's not just women do it as well. I mean, as you know, I'm very openly bisexual. I have been in female relationships. And women do this too. That they, They'll ask you questions at the start and they will become the person that you want. Yep. And then once they've got their shoes under the, you know, their shoes under the table, they, you know, they start to drop the act little by little by little by yeah. little. You know, and like I say, I mean, they'll, they'll, at the start, they'll be like, so what do you like? And what is your, oh, I, I quite like that too. Yeah. You know, um, you know, or... You know, if you make the mistake of talking about, you know, past, you know, why are you single? Yeah. Or like, have you been in long-term relationships? And then you fall into the trap of, you know, how your last relationship broke up. So you've just told them exactly what your traumas are now. You've yeah. just told it, And they will use that. They will use that because they'll use it at the start to make you feel safe. Yeah. But then as it goes down the line, they can also use it to manipulate you. Yeah, absolutely. I feel as if you've got to get into a relationship and tell them nothing. <laughs> You're like, you walk in and it's like, you know, when you go to one of those psychic I, mediums I, and you don't talk I, in the audience because to make sure they're not yeah, abroad. But I like completely that. agree. I go, uh, let's assume that I was a scumbag and my mm. last partner left me, right? Yeah. And, 
and it broke my heart. And I looked within myself and found out that I was a scumbag, found out all this sort of stuff and and chose to take a different path. Yeah. Learned from my lessons when far I was an asshole, right? Yeah. Now I go out on a date and you, I can tell you all the shit about my past, but it's irrelevant. Yeah. Because it's today and it's not only today, it's today with you. How I yeah. was with the other person has no relevance to how I'm going to be with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. The past doesn't exist anymore. So correct. And I might have been in a relationship and, and 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 been, you know, a superstar. Yet my wife did all these things. I get out of the relationship. I'm now burnt. I can tell you I'm a superstar because I was, but I haven't recovered from my traumas. I'm now coming to this with baggage and I start dropping and projecting what she did, her behaviours, on you. Yeah. So it, it all becomes irrelevant. And it's the type of thing I go, dating, I go, first, let's slow it down. B, get to know me. And C, you're right, I don't fucking like that. Mm-hmm. Because I can promise you, just because they like it doesn't mean they're interested in someone that likes what they like. Yeah. And if they do, right, you look at it, you go, it's a lot about them. Where if I turn around and go, you love martial arts, and I go, I love painting. Yeah. You might love that creativity in me. Yeah. Right? But if I turn yeah. around and go, oh, yeah, I watch the UFC every weekend and fucking rah, 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 I start buying into your world. What am I going to do as we get along? I'm going to pull out and go back to my world. Yeah. And you're going to go, hang on a minute. So if it was important, that's one thing. If it's not, I lose the opportunity. That's why I say to people, be ruthless. Like in those early dates, like when when is the first moment you should speak your tooth? Instantly. Well, see, this is this is something that coming from a female perspective, I'm telling you this from is something that I do find extremely attractive in men. See men that own their shit. Yeah. See, you're talking about a scenario, right? A scenario that you said Say that your past relationship, you were an absolute scumbag. It caused you to break up. You went away, did some soul searching. You know, you're now trying to be a better person, blah, blah, blah. Now, say, for example, you and I were out on a first date and the subject of past relationships had came up, which is a big red flag. It shouldn't come up in a first date. But yep. say, for example, it did, just for talking sake. It did. Yep. And I said, you know, and you told me I, I was in a long-term relationship up to, you know, six months ago. And I say, well, how did that end? You know, see, if you went, oh, I just didn't work out or something like that, then I'd have been like, okay. See, if you owned your shit and you said, see, yeah. I'm honest with you, you know, I was an arsehole. I was an arsehole and I lost that and I ended up heartbroken. I'd done some soul searching and, you know, I'm I'm trying to be a better person now. That, for me personally, and, you know, I have got friends who have, you know, we've had this conversation and went, absolutely, I agree with you, Aurora. Yeah. I'm like, I find that extremely attractive. Yes. If, if what I respect more than anything is somebody being bluntly honest, including pointing out their own shit, their own toxicity. If I get into, if somebody treats me like shit and they turn around and they be like, I am so sorry. You know, I was being an arsehole. I'd like, I went out, I said that to hurt you because I was, I was just, I was feeling, you know, I just, I, you know, I wanted to hurt you in that moment. Yeah. You know, like own, own it. Or yeah. tell me the truth, like be as open and as raw as you can be with me, yeah. and I will respect that. And to, for me, respect and attractiveness goes hand in hand. The more I respect you, the more I find you attractive. Absolutely. And and I go when you have self worth, 
And this comes right back to where we started. I hate it when you get into these conversations because I know where this is going to go because you know me and I'm going to go. The belief system that we have to have the checklist, we've just proved doesn't work. And we've gone round and round and round and, and, and we keep proving it doesn't work. What what you need to do in order to be loved, you have to love yourself first. You've got to be in relationship for yourself first. When you're in relationship with self, you're not going to sell yourself to me on that first date. Why? Yeah. Because there's no need. Because effectively going, unless you love me, which will be your perception for all that I am, fuck off. Absolutely. So here's a question, Jamie. How do you date yourself? <laughs> <laughs> how did that work out? How did that first date go? <laughs> well, uh, I think we're all well versed <laughs> on how, the, how it well. finishes, but. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's that first date. This is how it looks. Everything starts with seeking clarity. So the first point always has to be, how is it that I want to feel? So when I know how I want to feel in my body, how I want to feel in my mind, how I want to feel in my spirit and soul, and how I want to feel in line with my purpose, then how do I even know how to start? You see, I need to know those things. So when I make decisions, like I'm going to start a new gym, why? Oh, I think it would be cool. Okay, but why? Right? I want a new car. I want to get into a relationship. I want to have a child. I want to start a business. Why? Why, 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 why? And I promise you, at the end of the whys is a feeling. I want to feel free. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel motivated. I want to feel like I'm giving back to the world. I want to feel right? So it's how do you want to feel in your body? And then when you start breaking that down, you go, fuck, I don't even know how to navigate that. Yeah. You know, for me, you go, I like to feel strong. I like to feel fit because I like to keep going. So when I know what I want, when I'm doing things, at least then I can put it in the right place. I also set my goals and go, okay, what am I prepared to do to achieve my goals? And what am I not prepared to do? And people need to look at that list critically. What am I not prepared to do to achieve my goals? So what am I not prepared to do to make my lover, my wife, my whoever it is, feel loved? Because mm-hmm. love is not unconditional. That's only the words spoken by a fool. Yeah. What am I not prepared to do? I'm not prepared to sacrifice me, my values, my beliefs, my self-trust my self-respect, my self-worth. If you need me to set myself on fire for you to be warm, it's going to be a fucking cold night. Absolutely. Which builds self-trust, which is the foundation of self-worth. Representing yourself, speaking your truth, managing your boundaries builds trust. This is what this date looks like understanding my identity, knowing who I am and respecting it. That builds as trust builds, respect builds, as respect builds, value builds, as value builds, worth builds. With all of that, we can fall in love. That's how that date looks. And it's a daily activity. It's a daily activity. It's to live in the present. It's to recognize and detach from the past. The past no longer exists. It's gone. 
I'm pretty sure I've told a couple of bad jokes during this. I can't take them back. They're gone. I might be able to edit them out. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them in. That's what makes it fun. 100%. But it's They're one of those things I can't take. So in other words, the future, don't worry about it. 80% of what you think about the future doesn't happen. Yeah. So what are we left well, with? The present. I mean, my- what you're saying about your past is true. Your past doesn't exist. And like I say, coming from a traumatic past, uh, I hate when people give you the sympathy and the pity. And it's like, I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm grateful. for, And it's, it's a horrible thing to say. Yeah. But I genuinely am grateful for the trauma that I have been through yeah. because it's made me what I'm to do. And I, I am. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I battle with the self-worth and the self-values. Yes. Okay. But if you take it that part, right, that's only one small part of me. I am confident. I am self-aware. You know, I know I'm strong and I'm resilient. Yeah. And all of those things together, yeah, and a couple of things I do need to work on. Yeah. All of those other things, you know, they did. I didn't just get them overnight. Yeah. You know, I didn't just wake up and go, I am resilient today. Correct. You know. Correct. But you, but you look at that and you gave your own butt. But there's a few things I've got to work on, right? And you have a look at that and go, life is continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. You are your perfect self right now, right? And you're going to every single day, you're going to grow, learn, and it's going to be part of your journey. You're already perfect. You're perfectly you right now. And your journey has just begun. And you go, the past is just now a little piece of you. And you go, no, the past no longer exists. The past is is literally still sitting in story form but it doesn't exist. It created resilience. So we bring it back on the mats, right? What is a black belt? It's a white belt that never quit. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Right? I love that. That's the journey. So you don't go and look at a blue belt, you know, that just got tapped and going, "That, that now forms part of you, mate. Yeah. You go, that just grew you. Absolutely. That is going to be that there. You just tapped. And for those that don't know, you just lost that particular battle, you know, but you won the war. So long as you learn from it, you won the war. Well, like you and I said the other day, you and I had a conversation about, you know, when you're rolling everything, if somebody beats you, you and I are so deep into martial arts now that we get excited about it. Yeah. If we get beat, we get excited. And you said it exactly right. You were like, whatever you just done, show me it. Yeah, show me how to do that. Like, 100%. I that. And I love that. And I teach my students just now, and you see that with your students just now. And it is true that the, there is no losing, there is you win and you learn. And yeah. that to me, I, that I, I will preach that till the day I die. Yeah. And, you know, and I will go, and it, that again, it's not just martial arts, that goes across the board. 100%. Like, you learn through, like we were talking the other day, and we said about, you know, people who go through traumas that have depth. You know, and people Absolutely. who have just kind of moseyed on through life, they're just flat. There yeah. is no, and that's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's know, just but, that they have no yeah. reference point. Exactly. Their reference point but, is so narrow. They're between these two goalposts and that's all they have. That's it. Our Absolutely. goalposts are like so wide apart. Oh, huge. I mean, worldwide, this is a yeah. thing. And, but I mean, going through all this stuff and, you know, there's a lot of people that are probably listening to us that are, you know, and have gone through, and it's like be be grateful for, yeah. the, for the lessons that you've learned. Yes, you know, people will come into your life for a reason or a season. Yeah, you know, they're going to teach you a lesson. You know, they're going to be there for life. 
Yeah. If, they, if they're not there for life, then they're still there to teach you a lesson. Just need to figure out what that lesson is. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I think that is an awesome way to conclude this podcast. has been absolutely, absolutely brilliant. We finally did it. Yay to us. We did. Two <laughs> days. Two days. And how many hours? How many hours? You know? Oh, man. A lot. Three hours of the morning. For me, yesterday, we were still talking. And at the end, we were like, yeah, we never done that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it has been awesome, and all that means is that we're going to have to do another one. Absolutely. Just so, all the normal conversations. I know. We have some such great conversations. Yeah. One thing I do want to finish off with is that for everyone listening, Aurora and I are going to partner up, and we have got some awesome things going on. So we are going to create a women's self-defense series. And if you've ever wanted to see me have the shit kicked out of me, Aurora will gratefully demonstrate that for you. Um, but the lessons in it will be life-changing and potentially life-saving. It's one of those things I always say, I would rather be looking at it than looking for it. You know, so prepare yourself. And this is something beautiful. The other thing we are going to collaborate on is we are going to be running a retreat to recover from traumas and to absolutely spin your life around. So we're going to be running through my Phoenix program to do that. But in addition to that, we're going to be throwing in life self-defense stuff to have a whole heap of fun. And we're going to do it by way of a retreat. So it's going to be a holiday. We haven't landed on a destination, all those things. We're going to work through that. We're going to do a couple of surveys. So get ready for the surveys. Get ready to participate in that. There will be limited numbers. So you will have to get in early because we want to give everyone the attention that it requires but watch this space. You're amazing. You're awesome, Aurora. I am so grateful to share this time with you. You're amazing. As are you. Thank you so much. Awesome. You. Now, you know how to finish it, don't you? Stay strong. Stay strong. <laughs> <laughs>